Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work you really really want it all to work out while you're away monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind when all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync things just flow wherever you are tap the banner to go to monday.com many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out my solution is plush care PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, you are listening to a bonus episode of Popcorn Podcast with Lee and Tim, where we are reviewing old. I'm Timmy Fland, movie buff. And I'm Lee Livingstone, entertainment journalist. And we love to talk all things movies. And this week, we're talking M. Night Shyamalan's new thriller about a family on a tropical holiday who discovers that the secluded beach they're visiting for a few hours is somehow causing them to age rapidly. They can't escape, meaning their lives will be reduced into a single day. The film is directed by M. Night Shyamalan with a screenplay by Night based on the graphic novel Sandcastle by Pierre-Oscar Levy and Frederick Peters. The movie stars an international cast including Gail Garcia Bernal, Vicky Creeps, Rufus Sewell, Alex Wolfe, Thomas and Mackenzie, Nikki Amuka Bird, Ken Leong, Eliza Scanlon and a few more. Now, M. Night Shyamalan as a director, right. he is very ambitious, isn't he? But mm-hmm. I feel like he is, he's got like this hit and miss track record of films. I was going to say that. Mm. Yeah, that have either blown audiences away or blown it all the same. Yeah, the general consensus is that his body of work is uneven. You know, we got – he blew minds with The Sixth Sense in 1999 and had hits with Unbreakable and Signs. And then we get The Village and Lady in the Water, which didn't do so well or they weren't received as well. But then people get excited again by Split and Glass, which I really enjoyed. Mm. I thought were fantastic. And those two films completed his East Rail 177 trilogy – Okay, so there's a lot of buzz for this new piece of work from Knight. Yeah, unpopular opinion just quickly. I mm-hmm. actually quite like The Village and I don't hate Lady in the Water. That's just my right. two bobs worth okay. there. Okay. Mm, yeah, The Village I actually thought was quite good. Yeah, okay. But here we are with Old and it's quite an existential thought-provoking movie. It kind of challenges mm. right the audience to think and unravel and discover things constantly over the life of the film and keeps you guessing. How effective do you think 
it was in trying to deliver that. Well, if I can be blunt, it kept me guessing to the point that I started to get frustrated. And you know what? That's what his films are about. They're about the big mm. twist at the end that you're waiting for. But when it finished, I thought, what the hell? What the hell? That was my first immediate thought. I mean, he's a director who is fascinated by deeper concepts, you know, mortality, regret, the nature of humanity, and in this case, time itself, which is quite terrifying in and of itself, isn't it? Our own mortality and that we face, you know, this ever-ticking clock that's speeding time away from us. So I really liked that concept. Oh, yeah. But then, did it unravel effectively? I don't think so. No. And we'll discuss why. I'm with you. Yeah, we'll discuss why. You you said that when the film wrapped up and the twist all kind of came to a head and you were like, what, what, what? I actually wrote on my notes, WTF. <laughs> you did. <laughs> Which was just like an overall feeling that I felt yeah. about this movie. Not just what had just happened, but what had happened over this, you know, hour and 40 minutes or however mm. long this movie was. It was just WTF. I don't know if I was cranky because I expected more. You know, you go in with such high expectations to a night film where you think, I can't wait for this big twist he's going to bamboozle us with. Mm. You know, and that's not to say that directors should just stick to what they've always done. They definitely should explore new territory. And I can definitely see the foundations here and what he was aiming for. The concept Mm. itself is quite solid. I was deeply intrigued. Yeah. I thought the trailer was utterly terrifying and it had me hooked like – Very, very, very good trailer. And you're kind of talking about how good this concept was of time. Mm. And I think that when filmmakers try to do something clever or challenging with the concept of time, I think audiences are already sceptical about that or they're on the back foot and you need to convince them harder that it is intelligent and plausible. And I just don't think Knight achieved that with his film Old. Okay. I mean, I wondered... It was filmed during lockdown. It's worth mentioning that. This film was filmed Mm. during 2020. Um, So there were a lot of restrictions, a lot of budget restrictions, location restrictions and all that kind of thing. I wondered, did that restrict the production? Yeah. Well, I did read that M. Night was limited based on those restrictions, but he kind of said, does more millions of dollars make a film better? And it's not necessarily true. So it made him focus a little bit more, but it seems like that focus didn't translate into a better product, unfortunately. I mean, sometimes that can stretch creativity when you're limited and you have to work within a certain amount of parameters. Do you think it helped or hindered here though? Well, if I'm going to be blunt myself, I don't think that despite it being a strong concept, that there was a strong enough script to back that up. So pandemic or not, I just don't think that the idea was there and on the page in in any good way. Mm. And, yeah, that, that's just my take on that. I just don't think it could be blamed on that. I just don't think it was it was good from the beginning. Right, okay. It's worth mentioning, I guess, that this is not an adaptation of that graphic novel Sandcastle, which is darker and more absolute in its angle. Knight was merely inspired by the story for old and he's taken it in his own direction and and specifically with the ending, which obviously we won't give it away, but that's all Mm. Knight, I believe. Let's talk about the story for a second, okay? The aim of Mm. old is to explore the question, if you had to live the rest of your life in one day, how would you live it? And the big thing is, does the movie answer this question? I don't think it does. I mean, it's simply a group of people running around the beach in a blind panic which is completely understandable and you would expect that for some portion of the film. 
but it just doesn't deliver on the foundation of the material, I think. No, I think that that's like a takeaway. You're thinking, oh, what if I only had one day to live and this was happening to mm. me? What would I do differently or or make sure I did before I left this earth? But you're right. It doesn't challenge, nor does anyone really discuss that in the film. So it might be like a headline to take away, but it's not what you experience in the film at all. It's not. And maybe you can shed some light on this with your perspective, Tim, but the biggest issue for me was that the dialogue was so stilted and unnatural and I did not understand why. Was it a style choice? Was it the performances? I don't think it was the performances. I think it's the material. Yeah. It's kind of how Knight writes his dialogue though. It's not particularly inspired. So if you were to go back, not to every film, but some of it's just really, really painful. Mm. Everyone in this movie was constantly sharing unsolicited facts about (laughs) themselves. For what reason? What purpose? Yes, for some reason we needed to know what everyone did for a living. That was the introduction to everyone. They said, yeah, yeah, I mean, it was a cute character trait of Trent, the young boy, He would go up to people and ask them what they did for a living. But it was so overt that I thought this this has got to come back around at some point. And I kept waiting for it to come back around. And then on the beach, again, people just kept randomly in conversation bringing up what they did for a living when it had no bearing on what they were talking about. And it just didn't go anywhere. Yeah, it was almost like a contagious thing that just because (laughs) this little kid Mm. had this little quirk about him, which I liked, I agree. It didn't lead anywhere, like you said, but then it seemed to be, yep, everyone else is going to kind of fucking do this sort of thing as well. Like there was one moment where one of the characters goes, I was on the swim team. I'll make it. No, mate, you're in your 40s. And it's that, you know, when he's trying to escape (laughs) the the beach, it's like no one cares that you're in the swim team. It was decades ago. (laughs) And I think it's that pedestal Americans put themselves on regarding high school and college sport achievements that is just so narcissistic and it came through in this writing. And I was very confused why it was there. There is so much foreshadowing going on as well, which is not necessarily a bad thing in all cases, but it was very hit you over the head with it and I found it quite cheesy. I wondered if it was all part of Knight's style of misdirection. I kept wondering this through the film going, no, there's got to be a reason for this. You know, like, look here and I'll surprise you there later on. But it was just so overt. Like there was a line where the mother says to her young daughter as they're going to the beach, I can't wait to hear your voice when you're older. Like what an unnatural thing to say to someone. (laughs) Yeah, that is such a good line to pull out because I've got a note here going, people do not communicate with each other in how he's written that they communicate with each other. Mm. It's just not normal discourse that a mother and a daughter would have. It was just so jarring and unnatural and weird. Mm. And you said, could have it been a misdirection device? No, it was Mm. just distracting. Like it was just dumb. There was another one, again, in that same sequence where the mother says, you know, don't wish your life away or, you know, to the son, I think you, I want to be older and don't wish your life away. Could you hit us over the head with it any harder? (laughs) I'm curious, Did how did that make you feel? Did it make you feel like you were stupid? That you needed to hear that and it was like, oh, thank God they said that because I wasn't, you know, feeling that until you said that out loud. Thanks so much. (laughs) I don't think I took it quite so personally as maybe you did. (laughs) Yeah, I'm getting a bit um, uppity and defensive, aren't I? Anyway, we'll calm down. But that's how I felt watching the movie as well. I was sitting there with my husband going, what? 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 And (laughs) normally 
that can be a good thing because it means mm. you're invested and you really want to know what's going to happen. And I was. I was. I look. That's a good point to make. Actually, I was invested. Okay, I was mm. not necessarily enjoying a lot of it, but I was invested mm. because I wanted to know the outcome. And whether that's down to the structure of the story or the fact that it's M Night Shyamalan, and I really am excited for this film from him, I, I couldn't tell you, mm. but. I felt gypped at the end. Yeah, gypped is a good way of putting it. But no, I think it's all the above, Lee, all those feelings that you had Mm. uh, are all valid. And without labouring the point too much, again, there was just this other moment in this movie, you know, this part where they're all standing around talking and the insight that they had uh, in how they get off the beach and what was happening to them, Mm. I just found was just utterly ridiculous and unbelievable that they would have that thought and they'd be able to then express it in that way. Uh, And it all played about, you know, the psychologist talking, you know, psychology language because we knew she was a psychologist because everyone fucking was Mm -hmm. like uh, celebrity heads and they had psychologist and doctor. And I work at a museum, so I know how quickly bodies decompose. It's just, anyway... But you know what's funny is that even though we knew this one thing about these characters, we knew hardly anything else about them. It made it hard Mm. to invest in them as characters. And time moves so fast and the ticking clock is a scary thing within itself. This movie takes that fear to the extreme. There's that natural sense of dread that's evident. I did feel that and I enjoyed Mm. that. But the speed at which the movie moved made it difficult to grasp any depth to the characters whatsoever or what they were going through. And I don't know, maybe that was the point because time is moving so fast. So the movie was moving so fast, but it just didn't work for me. No, but you should be able to feel that fear of the characters and and feel that empathy. It should be palatable. You should be like, oh, my gosh, if I was in their shoes. Mm. But you didn't care. You're right. So you really skipped a beat there. I just kept wondering if all these disjointed pieces would come together at some point. Oh, how wrong we were. Mm. Can we talk about a good thing? Okay. Cinematography. Yes. Or at least I thought the cinematography Mm. was great. I enjoyed the unsettling camera techniques, you know, whip pans that spin around and the long continuous tracking shots across everyone moving throughout the beach. It turns what was beautiful and open, like this beautiful beach, into something suddenly suffocating. And I think that was really effective. Yeah, despite them being in this beautiful open beach with this huge cliff face and this open ocean, you did feel suffocated. Mm. Uh, You felt disorientated in the way that they shot the film. And there was a couple of shots when the kids started to age rapidly Mm. and he chose to conceal their faces and Mm. the camera was kind of behind the parent or behind this other person and you're like, why? It was frustrating but it worked. It kind of got Mm. you – it made you feel uneasy. Yeah. And then there was just this reveal of what they looked like later and it was kind of like, oh, God, this is happening. It's happening fast. And that creative choice might have also come down to the fact that it's it's tricky to make them make that jump from young Mm. kid to um, preteen, which I think that was the period that it it was covering – Without some kind of CGI, which they didn't want to use or didn't have the budget to use, I don't know. So that might have been one of the restrictions they had as the pandemic that kind of stripped the budget back a bit. And it was an interesting creative choice for sure. But one thing I found strange was the way they chose wide shots at some of the most emotional moments. Mm. So there were some points that things were going on and it was really upsetting, but then it's a huge wide shot of the beach. For me, I mean, I'm sure there was a creative choice there that was, you know, purposeful. But 
for me, it lessened the impact of the characters that I already wasn't very invested in. Yeah, yeah, that's a really, really interesting point to pull out because it takes you away from that emotion and that connection. Mm. But at the same time, is that creative choice to make you feel as isolated as those characters when you pull mm. back and they're just little ants on, on the beach despite them going through something so emotional that should be intimate for you as an audience, whoop, he takes you out of it and it's like, oh, yeah. they're basically alone. How terrifying. I mean, yeah, that's a good point. That is a good point. And I'm sure there was that kind of thinking going on behind the creative choice. Mm. Speaking of the location, they filmed in the Dominican Republic during the pandemic, as we mentioned. Beautiful mm. and fitting location. I think they picked the perfect beach for this. Um, we talked about the limitations, the low budget, the short time frame with COVID restrictions. And Gail Garcia Bernal is quoted as saying, limitations are the basis of creativity, going back to what you said before. And I actually really agree with that. But I do wonder if the limitations hindered rather than helped this film. How do you think they hindered in this space? Maybe in terms of the lighting and things like that, like you're trying to get mm-hmm. equipment to this isolated beach and then maybe the time frames that they they had to work within, maybe it felt a little rushed. Yeah, I, I do believe that the principal photography was very short. Like it wasn't like your usual Hollywood blockbuster. And when you mm. throw in an on-location shoot in a beach where I think just before they constructed the wall, which was the, the cliff face, mm. that was actually a, a piece of um, set there was a big hurricane that hit the Dominican Republic. So that kind of put them back on the back foot. So Mm. the elements were extraordinary here, but I really think it was vital to add a certain character to this film and this distinctive look and feel. And it was pretty astonishing what they achieved Mm. uh, on that beach. I will give them that definitely. And one thing I did love about this film is the diversity in the international cast. It's one of the best things about it, I think. And Knight had specifically Mm. chosen a cast from all over the world to reflect the world around us and where he is at this point in his career as a filmmaker, so wanting to celebrate the fact that he's an immigrant. I thought that was really great. I could not stop laughing at the name Mid-Sized Sedan played by Aaron Pierre. I don't know (laughs) if that's in the graphic novel, but, oh, my God, every time somebody said Mid-Sized Sedan, I was like, what? I'm going to go out on a limb and say that in the graphic novel, the rapper was not called mid-sized sedan. <laughs> but what an interesting choice that Knight chose to call him that. That's, that's a nice <laughs> way to put it. What an interesting choice. Look, I loved the international cast as well because you know what it did? It made you feel like you were on holidays in an exotic location where yeah. families and couples from all around the world do come. And it's not just like, oh, it's a, just a, another movie with a bunch of Americans on a beach holiday. It's got, uh, you know, all sorts of accents and, and cultures there, which was just really refreshing, like you said. Yeah, I agree. I enjoyed everyone's performance too. I just want to call that out. If you remove the dialogue, mm. they were all actually really great. And I yeah. specifically want to call out Aussie Eliza Scanlon. She's in there. Go Aussies, represent. And I think the kids were the most interesting characters. So that was Eliza Scanlon, Alex Wolf, and Thomason McKenzie. There's this beautiful sibling bond that comes across between Maddox and her brother Trent, which is Thomason McKenzie and Alex Wolf. Sorry, Lee, just one thing. I've got a question for you. Yeah. Who did Alex Wolf? Uh, say was your doppelganger <laughs> you spoke Lee spoke with Alex Wolf uh, and our interview is on YouTube so what what did he say Lee come on he told me that <laughs> I looked like Eliza Scanlon and was tripping him out <laughs> you know what I'll take it uh, don't laugh I will take it okay she might be 
you know, almost half my age, but I will take it. Definitely. She's she's such a great actress and she was a breath of fresh air in this movie. She yeah. was only in it for like a, a hot minute, but she was quite good despite her yeah minimal screen time. And her character went through a lot uh, in a very short period of time, as they all do because yes. they're aging so rapidly. But, yeah, she was excellent. Eliza Scanlon's great in everything she does. We covered off her film Baby Teeth, which was fantastic. Brilliant Australian movie and a performance to boot. Yeah, she was astonishing in that. Make sure you check out our review of that one. It's in our back catalogue. All right, Lee, do you think it's time that we wrap up our review and rate old? Yes, go for it, Tim. All right, so old to me felt like an ambitious, thought-provoking, five-minute student short film that somehow kept going and entered farcical cliche territory almost immediately. This is a miss from Shyamalan and one that made me angry and frustrated. I'd go so far as to say that this was a chore to watch and I was relieved when the credits started to roll. An incredibly strong premise wasted on an awful script. I'm going to rate old one popcorn kernel. Wow, Tim. Okay, well, look, there is a really interesting premise at the heart of old and it's objectively terrifying because it speaks to our own mortality. It's certainly a challenging movie to pull off for all the reasons we discussed, especially under the restrictions of the pandemic and being set in one remote beach location. The M. Night Shyamalan has once again dug really deep into themes that we as humans don't ever look too closely at because they can be terrifying in themselves. It's just unfortunate the end result doesn't reflect that. I'm going to give old two popcorn kernels for the cast, the interesting cinematography and the concept itself. So old is in Australian cinemas from July 22, pending lockdown restrictions in some states, of course. Yeah. And if you'd like to understand more about old and the characters, keep an eye out for our interviews with Alex Wolfe, who played Trent and Thomas and Mackenzie Maddox, which are available on YouTube and your favorite podcast platform. Such great chats that you had with those two. Yeah, it was great. All right, guys, as always, thank you so much for listening. We'll catch you next time. Come and join in on the conversation. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram at Popcorn Podcast. Step onto the legendary clay courts of Roland Garros, where the world's best players battle it out for a chance to win the French Open title. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV, live in HD. Don't miss a moment with daily live coverage and match replays on demand, beginning Monday, May 20th. Be there for all the unforgettable moments. Stream now with Tennis Channel Plus. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. 
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.